All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Rigos Rag Podcast. Ian Cummings here. We got Jacob Kaminker and Ken Johansson uh, on the. Ken, what is it again? We, I haven't had you on in a long time, so I forgot again. It's Johansson. Johansson. You're doing good. You're okay. doing good. Doing fine. All right. Sorry for that hiccup, guys. We're going back. Ken Johansson is on uh, with us for the roster projections, as you might have noticed. Uh, the last week or so, we had Ken, Jacob, and me uh, most recently post roster projections for the Redskins. Uh, it's early, uh, so could be a ton of changes, whether it's injuries, whether it's guys stepping up. So we don't really know, but uh, we can still project it, you know, put our own opinions into the mix. So that's what we did. And today, we're going to put all that together. We're going to try and find some differences. But first off, Ken, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, how are you gentlemen doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing pretty good. I uh, can't speak for Jacob, though. He can only do that for himself. So, Jacob, how you doing? <laughs> I am doing pretty well. I'm stoked to be on with you guys, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun today. All right, cool. Yeah, he's very eager. Wow, you can hear it in his voice. That is crazy, the jubilation. All right, well, let's just get right into it. Uh, so, yeah, we did these 53-man roster projections, and like I said, it's pretty early. But, you know, that in a way, that contributes to the fun of it. For the most part, our rosters were pretty similar. I mean, there's a point, there's only a certain point where you can be different because there's a lot of guys who are basically locks, uh, like starters, reserves, but um, at the fringes, you know, you can really be a little creative with it. So we're going to go position by position at first, and if we have time, we'll kind of go back and gloss over the key points again. So starting with the quarterback position, Jacob, you had all three. You had Colt McCoy, Haskins, and uh, Keenum, right? Yeah, I did. I My logic with this is I know there is a case to uh, only have two quarterbacks on the roster. Yeah, but after we'll last year in which we saw the team cycle through four different quarterbacks and deal with the two major injuries, I just can't see them wanting to only go into the year with two quarterbacks when they have two quality spot starters and Dwayne Haskins on the team. And Haskins obviously has to prove himself and earn the starting job, but I think all three of those guys fight for the starting job and they'll ultimately try to keep all three of them. They may try to trade one of the veterans if Haskins emerges quick as a starter but if I'm the GM here I keep all three of them just because I want to mitigate the risk of losing another two quarterbacks I got you yeah and Ken you only had two though you had Keenum and Haskins you want to go into that decision a little bit well I think part of the problem is Colt McCoy and the last couple years has uh, been injured you know as the season has progressed and so that's my concern I think three years ago He was a really good backup. I mean, he led the Redskins to a victory against the Cowboys down in Dallas. You can make a good case for still keeping him, but only if he can remain healthy. He's the one that I left off. Um, As far as who would start the season, whether it be Keenum and Haskins, I really don't know. But I do know that um, Steve uh, Newford, who goes by Steve Draft on social media, said that What he said was, uh, from a couple of sources, that Case Keenum is having some problems picking up the offense. So, you know, if that's true, well, this could be very interesting as they enter training camp and the preseason games. They'll have that question answered, I think, pretty soon. Yeah, and another thing, I'm glad you brought up what Steve was talking about, because I think another thing he brought up was the positional flexibility that you get from having only two quarterbacks you know it's not much it's just one spot but that can go a long way whether it's on the offensive line where they had a lot of injuries last year maybe in the secondary you know receiving core you know it just gives you that one spot where you can put a skill position player so I I like that thought process 
I picked all three. If I had to pick, I would consider, I would strongly consider having two just because of that flexibility and because, you know, I'm not sure you need two quarterbacks of that tier behind Haskins, you know, maybe. But, um, I can see the argument, you yeah. know, for keeping three and for yeah. keeping two. But what I go to, uh, and with thinking back to last year and the injuries that we had, by the time you get down to the third quarterback, you're not going to have a good option at quarterback, whether it be someone coming off the street or your third stringer. That pretty much ends your season. I hate to say that, but it really does. Mm-hmm. And in most cases, it, you know, if you have to go to your backup, it ends your season. I think this year it's all about you know getting Dwayne Haskins up to speed more than anything. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And you know, I was kind of trying to put myself into the position of the team with this and you know looking at how they view McCoy you know the respect they have for him you can see he's a guy who has the offense down you know you can't say that for Case you can't say that for Haskins so I think that's one reason they would keep Colt but then Keenum at the same time he's more durable you know you can rely on him for extended periods of time you know if if Haskins were to get injured or you know maybe you want to start Keenum at first you know he's a bit more reliable as a backup so I, I think the Redskins would value both of them and maybe keep three, but we'll see. We'll see. I think there's good arguments for both, and it's ultimately up to them. Moving on to the running back position, we won't spend too much time on this because I think we all had similar uh, looks at running back. You guys both had the same running backs. It, it was really just me. Jacob, you had Adrian Peterson, Chris Thompson, Darius Geis, and Samaj P. Ryan, uh, as did uh, Ken. I had Bryce Love in there instead of P. Ryan. Which I think Love, there's a good chance that Love will start the season on the pup list. Um, I was looking at his ACL when it happened, the, the injury, and it happened in December. And, you know, the standard timeline for an ACL is like nine months or so. So I figured maybe there's there's a slight chance that he could be ready or they could decide, hey, we don't want to go through the hassle of, you know, moving him off a of pup and everything. We'll just save a roster spot for him. Maybe he's inactive week one. We'll see. But, um, yeah, there's a good chance that if he's not completely 100%, then uh, he will not start the season on the roster. He'll start on the pup list. So that's a minor difference. Moving on to the receiving core. Ken, you had J.U. Chesson. You had seven receivers, and you kept Chesson. Why did you keep Chesson? Special teams. Okay. He's a special teams ace. Yes, he is. Um, I don't have him on the roster for his right receiver skills. If he does make the roster based on his special teams play, he might get in a few plays this season as a wide receiver. He might even end up with three to five catches. Mm-hmm. It's strictly for special teams play, and he's an ace, and he proved it last year. Yeah, yeah, he was a very good gunner a very quality gunner for the team. And, you know, that's a department that gets overlooked, special teams. It's important. Flipping the field, you want to try and pin them deep as best as you can. So, yeah, I, I liked that inclusion for sure. I did not – I couldn't bring myself to do it personally. Um, and I see that Jacob didn't either. I think we both had the same six receivers, Richardson, Doxon, Quinn, McLaurin, Harmon, and Sims. I know some people think Robert Davis can make it. I personally don't see that. Jacob – did you think about putting Chesson on there, or were you kind of just like, eh, you know, I'll just keep the offensive playmakers? I thought about putting Chesson on there. Yeah. I do like his special teams ability. But the fact of the matter is, in recent seasons, or at least for the past few seasons that I've covered the Redskins and really paid close attention to their roster, I don't think I've ever really seen them have a point where they've had more than six receivers on their roster. The other six players I had on there, I just have ahead of Chesson as receiving options. And I think McLaurin can play special teams. 
Quinn can offer something as a return man. So I, I can definitely see a case for Chesson being on there. Uh, I just didn't really have the room, and I wanted to go with a more balanced roster approach. But, I, I again, I don't hate the idea of keeping him around. Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe if he can show some utility as a receiver on top of being a special teamer in preseason, you know, that would strengthen his case. But we'll see. I would say he is the seventh guy. Uh, outside of the top six you know if you're looking at that I think he's got the best shot to make it so we'll see if it happens moving on I'm looking at do you guys both have three tight ends right I had four so I got done I just went through the entire roster picking who I was gonna have and when I got done I had 51 players so I had two openings so I was like all right I'll just pick some guys and uh, the first guy the second to last player I picked was uh, Donald Parham the tight end, the undrafted rookie who was actually cut from the Lions and signed by the Redskins. It's a very bold move, guys, but you know I, I needed at least one of those on my projection. So I, I like him at 6'8". Uh, he's got great athletic potential, and I think he's one of those guys who could, with his size, kind of like Cam Sims at receiver last year at tight end, he could emerge as a receiving weapon uh, for the Redskins in preseason and kind of show enough flashes where they can, they can say, hey, you know, Jordan Reed is... Uh, injury prone Vernon Davis is really old you know for a football player Jeremy Sprinkle unproven maybe we can add an extra guy with some upside so I don't know we'll see about that but um, moving on to the offensive line we got a Ken you had Jerron Christian healthy to start the season Jacob you had him on the pup list you also Ken you also had Tyler Catalina you want to talk about these moves real quick because I didn't have Catalina um I don't think Jacob had Catalina either so well, I think with uh, Jerron Christian, he uh, had an MCL mm-hmm. uh, injury and not an ACL. So you can recover from those pretty quick. And all indications are he'll be ready for training camp and the preseason. No guarantees, of course. But um, I'm interested to see if he'll make the jump, uh, you know, as uh, the number one backup tackle. A few years ago, when Morgan Moses struggled in his first year everybody said oh that's a lost cause mm-hmm. but by the second year he was playing lights out yeah and he's manned that right tackle position ever since so i'm, I'm hoping christian have, uh will have the same sort of jump he's obviously working with an excellent offensive line coach in callahan so that's that's the primary reason why i included him as far as Tyler Catalina, again, I'm going with a little bit of experience. Uh, you know, there's not too much there as far as, you know, backup tackles. You know, we're talking, uh, you could talk about Eric Flowers as well. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, um, the Redskins do right now have him listed as offensive tackle. But, you know, word has come out that he's been trying to uh, left guard as well. But... I, I just don't see Eric Flowers making that jump. He's had his chances, but he could be a, pres- a, pl- uh, a pleasant surprise, so we'll have to see. Yeah, and you talk about experience with Catalina. Flowers has a lot of starting experience, but not a lot of good reps out there. So it's like, <laughs> you know, who do we choose? You know, the unproven, undrafted guy or the guy who we kind of know he's kind of bad. So, yeah, I, that, was, that was one that I kind of – uh, I kind of struggled with when I was doing the projection as well, you know, whether to keep Flowers because, like, I, I get the upside aspect of signing him in free agency, but we already know he's kind of, you know, there's not a lot there as, in terms of proven commodities. Jacob, you did keep Eric Flowers. Uh, I did too, but I want to hear your reasoning first. Why, why did you decide to take a chance on this guy? 
the reason I'm taking a chance on him is because, frankly speaking, the cupboard is bare at tackle behind Trent Williams, behind Morgan Moses. Yeah. And like like you said, Flowers has experience. I know he hasn't been good, and I know they want to move him to the interior, like you said, Ken. Uh, but I, I think where he has played left tackle, I know he has not looked good. Um, but if he's working with Bill Callahan, maybe he can make minor improvements. Just yeah. keeping him around his depth is probably a good thing. I I just don't see anyone else overtaking him. I have Timon Paris even making the team right now, too, as a potential tackle. Um, again, I also have Jerron Christian not being healthy to start the season. I know that there's um, some debate over whether or not that would happen. I think I was reading J.P. Finlay's recent roster projection, and he had had Christian on the pup list, so I copycatted him there a little bit, um, and I wanted to see which of the other depth tackles I would consider. Uh, I think uh, Paris has upside. He's only 23. He's got a 6'5 frame. He's pretty athletic. Uh, He was on the Redskins practice squad roster last year, so maybe if he makes a little bit of a jump, he could go on there. Uh, I don't think Flowers is a lock by any means, but I think he has the athletic potential that Callahan could do something with him, and where they have almost no experience with the backups, that could end up working in his favor. Yeah, yeah. And, and speaking of size, Eric Flowers is no small guy. He's 6'6", oh, yeah. six, th- what, 340? Something like and that. If he, and if he can harness that 6'6", 340 into a force, well, that's, that's quite a backup to have. For sure, for sure. Yeah, and, you know, you guys know I'm, I'm all for that athletic potential. You know, that's kind of – that's that's one of – the things that I look for in players personally, but like there gets to be a certain point where a guy, there might be like a, a point of no return in terms of development. So we'll, we'll have to see if flowers is past that, you know, if there's not really a way to kind of get him out of his bad habits at this point. Uh, we'll see though. You know, I think that's an area of debate. I really like the Paris uh, inclusion. I think that's kind of an under the radar one, but like if he can reach his potential, he could be good too. So We'll see, but yeah, they're definitely scraping the bottom of the barrel at tackle, and we saw them scrambling to sign undrafted tackles, and you know, on to the next one, on to the next one. Uh, it's it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly if if the starters can't stay healthy. But uh, that's that's a conversation for another day. Let's move on to defense. Uh, the defensive line, Ken, you and I both had um five the the top five guys: Allen, Payne, Ioannidis, Brantley, and Settle. I think that's what most people would have. Jacob, you decided to be complicated and change it, though. You had Ryan B, undrafted free agent out of Marshall, making the roster. I know you did an undrafted free agent profile on this guy. You're pretty high on him. But what made you decide to put him on the 53? Well, like you, Ian, I went through the roster, and I had a couple of spots left at the end where I was debating over one or two people. And, again, I like the balanced roster approach. And, um... The idea of having those five defensive linemen on the roster is excellent. I think they'll be in fantastic rotation, but they could choose to carry six. They've done that in recent years. I like B. He has great size. He's 6'7". Uh, he could stand out a little bit of weight at the NFL level, but he was just consistently productive at Marshall. He's not an overly great athlete or anything, but he knows how to use his frame. He had at least four sacks in each of his four seasons for the team. So the developmental potential is there for him. And I think if Jim Tom Sula sees enough in the preseason, he could consider adding him to the roster and giving him a developmental year. They may try to do that on the practice squad, too. There's B by no means is a, 
uh, roster lock. I just think he's one of the undrafted free agents that could have a better chance of making the roster than many people think. Yeah, I had him on my practice squad. Uh, I think I'm trying to go to Ken's here. Yeah, Ken did too. So he's definitely a guy that, you know, you can't teach length. And he's 6'7", 280. That's about as long as it gets. So maybe Tom Sula sees what he likes. He's like, hey, that kid right there, I want to I want to keep him around. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, moving on. Ryan, to- Ryan, Ryan B. being yeah. 6'7", 280, I think, or 290 or something like that, uh, reminds me of the another defensive lineman of the same size, and that's Dave Butts, long-time Redskins guy who manned the middle at 6'7", I believe it was 295. He was big. And, yeah, he was great. <laughs> and he and he turned it into a, a solid 14-year career. And even at the end, he was playing at such a high level. Didn't he play he for like almost to, two decades He wanted or to continue playing, but, yeah. you know, everybody moved on from him. But I'm not saying Ryan he's going to be that good but just his size alone reminds me of him yeah yeah and his size kind of sets him apart too like a lot of these undrafted guys you look at them they're like 6'2 290 6'3 310 you know it's the it's the norm it's kind of within the standard deviation you know but then you have b who's 6'7 this is a guy who has a trait that immediately sets him apart from the rest of the pack and maybe you can uh, glean some more value from that. So we'll definitely see. I think I, the the butts comp in you know in a vacuum it might be a little uh, you know lofty, but he's got the size that not a lot of people have. So it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, let's move on to edge rusher Ken. You had um, Casanova McKenzie, while me and Jacob had Jordan Brailford. So what 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 was your decision uh to keep Casanova based on and i i'm willing to bet it wasn't just his name um oh sure it was his name i mean <laughs> that's a, i mean that's sexy is it <laughs> no, you know you know uh mckenzie came in and uh he did really well toward the end of last season and uh proved that he had some explosiveness I believe that'll carry over. He has good size, uh, about 6'3", 260, and then having the speed to come on the outside. And now he has a couple years of experience behind him. Um, I really don't know what Jordan Brailford will do. I know that when I was scouting edge players uh, back in early February, um, I saw his name pop up, and he came across – as not only a seventh rounder, but a priority undrafted free agent. And I spent like five minutes on him. And the one thing I did notice, I'll say this, is that he is an explosive uh, first step. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, uh, it drops off a little bit. So if he can, har- uh, if he can get that first step, that explosive first step, and then keep driving, keep going for it. Um, if he can develop that, then yeah, he uh, he could be uh, on the roster of 53, and McKenzie would be the obvious person that would be left off the roster. But right now, based on, once again, experience and what we saw last year late in the season, that's who I'm going with. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I think he, he did have some good reps uh, late in the season. I didn't see the explosion as much, but I really liked the effort he carried on those reps, so we'll see. Uh, you know, Brailford, to me, you know, I, I said it once, you got to love those athletic prospects. To me, he's uh, he's got too much upside to kind of leave 
and try and get to the practice squad. You know, usually we always say that a team's going to snipe a guy and then they don't. But uh, sometimes you just don't want to take that risk. So you know, I, personally, I would keep Brailford. But uh, Jacob, why why did you keep Brailford over McKinsey? Was McKinsey the next guy up, or was it someone else? Maybe like Marquise Flowers or something. Um, I was debating between those three actually. Marquise Flowers, oh, okay. I did have on my roster at one point, uh, but I did end up taking him off. Uh, I just happened to like Brailford's motor. I liked watching him play at Oklahoma State. He seemed to always try hard. He's a good athlete. Has a decent frame. He's roughly the same size as McKinsey, give or take a few pounds. Uh, McKinsey's a little bit more speed-based based off what I saw last year from him in limited action, mm-hmm. uh, which the Redskins could definitely use. But I just like Brailford's motor. I think he has a, a, a little bit of a thicker build in terms of muscle, and I think he'll be more of a he'll be more of a well-rounded player. So that's why I have him on there. I really could go either way. I think whoever loses the battle there, whether it be McKinsey or Brailford, will end up on the practice squad because the team will want to keep around that type of depth for sure. Yeah. Is Brailford, was he about 6'5"? Brailford is actually 6'3", I think. So 6'3", oh, okay. I thought yeah, he was so, a little bit taller. I, wow. I remember the scouting report, and I thought it was – about six five, six three is out. Still pretty stout. Yeah, yeah, he's six three. Yeah, he's he's got decent size uh, for his athletic traits. Uh, nothing. He's not like a looming prospect. He's not not like closer to sweat. He's he's more of a yeah. He's, he's oh, sure. Yeah, he's a little he's a little lower. But uh, yeah, I think they're both kind of similar in build. Like Jacob said, uh, it, it, at the end of the day, it just comes down to athletic potential, you know. And uh, McKenzie does have some burst. Uh, maybe Brailford has a little more bend, but they're both kind of raw. McKenzie has more experience, so there's definitely a case for McKenzie. Uh, you know, special teams utility too, so we'll see where they go there. I think we all had the same linebacking core. Bostic, Hamilton, Clemens, Holcomb, Foster. Da, 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 da. Yeah, we both had the same uh, linebackers, so easy, easy stuff there. Let's move on to corner. Uh, or defensive backs, I guess I should say, because, Ken, you included a guy who could be considered as both a corner and a free safety, possibly. Uh, Virginia Tech uh, product Adonis Alexander. Uh, you had him on your roster. You want to go through that decision a little bit? Um, the one thing you can't teach is height, once again. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's, what, about 6'2", six, 6'5", six, or something, 6'4", I don't know. 6'3", I think. Yeah. Six three. Oh, yeah. another six three guy. There you go. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> uh, and um, goes about uh, two ten. He's just a solid build for a corner, and he would also be solid build for free safety. So that's why I think they might be looking at him at, at both positions. I don't think he will be a starter, but he could be someone if injuries occurred. Could be plugged in at both positions. Um. I, I don't know how he'll play on the outside, but I think on the inside as the slot corner, I think he could do a fine job there, at least for now. As far as playing the open field at free safety, I believe he can do the job. He can cover the, the field pretty good. He has a pretty good range. Uh, but it remains to be seen what he can do on the outside at corner. Yeah. Yeah, I I want to see a little more from him before I, I give him a roster spot. And plus, with Torian Gray, uh, the coach he was familiar with leaving, you know, I, I'm not sure how that switch will affect him. But uh, yeah, there's definite potential there. It's the reason they use the sixth round comp pick or no supplemental draft pick 
on him uh, last year. So we'll see. You also had some interesting decisions in the safety room. Uh, you got rid of Troy Apke and you added undrafted free agent JoJo McIntosh out of Washington. I I'm willing to bet not a lot of people out there know about McIntosh, so you want to fill them in a little bit? Yeah, I had a chance to watch him in three separate, game, in three separate games this year, including their bowl game. And I also watched uh, what turned out to be a snowy affair against uh, Washington State when they played out there in Pullman, Washington. I mean, it, they were practically playing in a blizzard. And he stood out. I mean, he was covering the field, and this was a field that was like, you know, uh, watching a bunch of guys like Bambi on skates out there. <laughs> I mean, it was so slippery. But McIntosh was holding his own, and he was all over the place making plays. And I'm like, I'm going to watch this guy after the season. And I was a little surprised when he wasn't drafted. I thought he'd go in the fifth or sixth round, maybe the seventh. He wasn't drafted. And I said, you know, the Redskins need to pick up that guy, but he'll probably go to a West Coast team. And when the uh, Redskins added him, I was pretty excited. So uh, the film I watched, at, uh, the film that I watched of him, uh, was uh, it was pretty good. I mean, yes, he needs some improvement, but overall, I was pretty impressed, and that's why I included him on the roster. Is he raw? Yes, no doubt about it. He's not going to start, you know, his first year or even his second year. But he's say, is he someone that you can plug in down the road? I think so. So it's a push to put him on the roster right now, you know, with Troy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you just ho hope something may trigger him to perform this year. I mean, ultimately, I, I'm, the next roster prediction, I'll probably put Troy in over JoJo, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. And, like, talking about Troy, you know, I, I think he definitely has to prove himself, but Jacob, I'm – you know, we both had Tro we both had Troy. I'm wondering if our thought processes are the same here. You know, he spent a fourth round pick on the guy. He's got the speed. Uh, you know, maybe spend another year or two try and see if you can get that out of him. Yeah, that's pretty much how I see it. I mean, he had he didn't show much as a defensive back in college. Um, we we all kind of thought he was a reach in the fourth round. We had him pegged as more of a late round guy with great athletic ability. Uh, but people forget Apke can play on special teams. He could add some a speed element there. He does have to get a little bit better with his tackling technique. Uh, but the other thing to keep in mind with Apke is, you know, he he's a fourth-round pick just entering his second year. And his the expectations for him are very, very low. And having very little pressure on him could give him the opportunity to come in and say, like, hey, I've got nothing to lose. People aren't expecting anything. And he could perform well. Will that happen? I don't know. But I'm willing to give him a chance and, you know, try to stash McIntosh, who I also like, on the practice squad. Uh, the team also could try to target another safety at some point if, if a good one becomes available in free agency. I'm not talking Trey Boston here. Um, <laughs> I'm talking about a young backup maybe type. Uh, I think someone just declared for the supplemental draft from Washington State named Jalen Thompson. Um, I don't know a whole lot about him, but I looked at his stats and uh, just his athletic profile, and he seems interesting. So maybe we'll keep an eye on him there. Yeah, he's a guy I didn't really know a lot about, so we'll see if he can make some noise. We're almost out of time. I want to run through one more thing. The most important note, obviously, long snapper. I picked Andrew East over Nick Sundberg. 
and um, you know it, it was a big decision, franchise altering in fact. But I felt like it needed to be done. Uh, Sunberg coming off a season-ending injury, a back injury, he's 32 years old. You got to make that change, man. It's the most important position. So that's that's all I got to say. Mic drop. I'm out. But um, yeah, this was a good discussion. Any any other closing thoughts, guys? Because we're almost out of time. Ken, just some closing thoughts, maybe on the uh, on the roster, just the state of the roster, and you know maybe what we should expect in the coming months uh, when training camp starts. You know, we had a podcast at this time last year, almost the same date. It was roster predictions because I usually produce one toward the end of June. And I'll say the same thing that I said uh, that night. Our rosters are going to change somewhat between now and probably by the second preseason game. We'll start to have a pretty good idea by then how the roster will really take shape. And so we'll probably, you know, change four or five guys in and out. And, of course, a lot of it's going to depend on injury. You know, a lot can change in the next, say, six to seven weeks. Yeah, yeah. Like, we... We have, a, we have a general idea of what the foundation of the roster is, but as for, you know, the finishing touches, we're shooting in the dark uh, from this far out. So we're just going to have to wait and see and, uh, you know, see what happens, what changes. Training camp will bring some of that, uh, and then preseason after that, and then we will finally know at the end of August. So bear with us until then, guys. We'll have more content coming out for you, uh, maybe more roster projections when the time is right. I think we've had our fun for now, but we'll be back. Uh, in the meantime, be sure to stick up, stick with us at Rigo's Rack, and uh, we'll have some great content for you in the coming days. Peace out. Have a good night.